Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. EWA 517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Negative, we want to report one of those either. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind? Over. I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. Number 71, pop the golf, good. Yeah, was anybody uh, above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago? Number 71, pop the golf, negative. Okay. Off this. A UFO. Yeah. Hey, it's American 295. Yeah, something just passed over. It's uh, like a, don't know what it was, but it's at least two, three thousand 3,000 feet above us. So yeah, it passed right over the top of us. 911. You guys busy? Did we just call about the UFOs we thought? Mm-hmm. They're out there. Same airplanes. Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. 
If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com. everyone and welcome to the show how are you all doing i'm nick hunter and this is the ufo chronicles podcast we're in california tonight to speak to christian about his multiple ufo sightings and other strange experiences christian up next but first if you enjoy the show and you would like to help support the podcast on patreon you can do this for as little as one dollar a month head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash ufo chronicles podcast you can also find a link in the description of this episode below any help is very much appreciated now on with the show Christian, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you for coming on today, and you're calling from California. Yes, calling from California, Southern California. Great stuff. Okay, now Christian, you have some experiences to share with us. Would you like to start at the beginning, please, sir? Yeah, I, I'm going to try to do this in order of from my youth to present time, and that way I won't hopefully leave anything out. It'll just kind of flow from how things went, you know, from one stage to the next. So as a child, you know, I came from a pretty, pretty poor family. My parents were, you know, in the States, what you consider like uh, hippies. Yeah, I'm in my 50s. So this was probably back in the in the 60s. And, um, you know, there was different types of hippies at that time. There was the heavy religious type. And then there was the atheists. And my parents were the atheists. And uh, so they had, we had no religion growing up, no God, no spirit, no, no ghosts, no aliens, no anything. They just, they didn't believe in anything. And so that trickled down to me and just was, you know, our, my, my lifestyle as well. And so I, I didn't experience any of these things that uh, we're going to be talking about. So things that would happen, I didn't really understand what, what they meant. So, you know, growing up and being a child at night, I would have what I would call now maybe like uh, night terrors, fear, uh, waking up and uh, feel like there was something maybe in the room with me. And, and, you know, my parents just took it as just me just being a silly kid. So this continued and never really understanding what it was. Uh, my personality was always uh, my parents would make jokes that I had this sort of a, a sense of urgency to my personality. Yeah, it just it never really quite made sense. I remember getting up at night and trying to sleep in my parents' bedroom and, you know, they wouldn't want me to bother them. So I'd sleep in the hallway and I, I never really understood what it was that was scaring me so intensely because it started at one point and I never had a problem before. And then it faded out at one point. So, you know, there's that. I, you know, went along with my life, you know, grew up, got married, had a child. And I had a, two or three experiences that started changing things. I had a friend that passed away. He was uh, sleeves, tattoos, 
tattooed on both arms. I'll explain this in a minute. And he had passed away. And since it was my first time experiencing death like that, I didn't go to his funeral. And um, I think it was probably two or three months or somewhere, maybe two or three weeks after he had passed away. I had had a dream. And I, I, I don't really, I, I'm calling it a dream, but I don't know if it was really a dream. Where I'm in the dark and I see this image in front of me and something's telling me that it's, that it's him. And I have this vision of these tattoos and the image is coming closer to me. And I see this arm fling up in the air and take a swing at me. And I jolt and I, and I wake up from, you know, the dream and I knew it was him. And I took it as uh, him being disappointed in me because I didn't go to his funeral. And so for me, coming from a non-religious background, this was just the beginning of something sort of like, you know, triggering in me, you know. And so a year later, I actually had another friend pass away. And this was a buddy of mine's brother. And I did go to the funeral. And a buddy of mine that was also a friend of his, he went to the funeral. And it was very emotional. And we left. And I had gone home. And for that next few weeks, I was commuting to uh, the San Diego area from where I lived to, to work. And so it took almost a couple hours to get to work and then, you know, a couple hours to get home. So I had a lot of time to think. And I kept having these really off the wall thoughts about my buddy where I could almost feel like this, not telepathy, but this strange communication type thing. And it was almost leading me to some things where I went and visited some old friends of his that I really wasn't even acquainted with. And then one evening when I was leaving work, I heard, I, I can't say it was telepathy, but just something, form of communication of someone saying, of him saying goodbye. And I kind of jolted to myself and said out loud, okay, good, goodbye. And the, the feelings left and were are gone. I didn't have any more experiences with that. So again, I'm having something that's sort of leading me with this spirituality thing that I really wasn't associated with in my life. It was pointing towards something, you know, that I, you know, that I didn't grow up with. So again, I had a third friend, which who was my best friend who had passed away uh, probably like another year or so after this. And uh, this was, was, you know, this, this was my, my best friend that I had grown up with. And I didn't even know that he had passed away for the first year, but we had had a falling out. And we hadn't been speaking. And then I decided I want to get a hold of him. And I was having trouble getting a hold of him. So I called his ex-girlfriend. And she had said to me that she was having trouble getting a hold of him as well. And so I said to her, well, you know, maybe we should try to get this figured out and see if we can, you know, figure out where he is, if he moved or what's going on. So I put my feelers out. and I started doing my homework a little bit. Come to find out that he had passed away. And soon as we had both found that out, you know, me and his ex-girlfriend, within days, I started having these strange experiences. My then ex-wife would come to visit me and, and our kid, and she was telling me that she was seeing some form of like shadow figures in my kitchen. And when I would wash the dishes, when I'd come up from work, I always felt like there was somebody standing behind me, that, that feeling that you get when there's someone there, even though you don't know they're there. And it just kept happening for weeks. 
And my kid was having strange dreams about my buddy and was acting very emotional about it. Um, my buddy's ex-girlfriend had called me and said that toys like that she had on her mantle that didn't even have batteries in them were, were going off and moving and it was scaring her. She was feeling very uncomfortable. One night I had fallen asleep on the couch after work and in my kitchen on my refrigerator, I have pictures all over it of friends and family and different events and things. And I'm laying there on the couch and I hear this, whap, this sound. And I think, what the heck? And I say out loud, I don't want to deal with this right now. And I, I don't even know why I said that. But I get up and I go in the kitchen and laying on the floor is a picture of my ex-wife. It's the only thing that has fallen off the refrigerator. And I don't even want to use the words fall off because it was like ripped off. I mean, it just smacked into the wall. So that kind of, that kind of tripped me out a little bit. And then two or three, maybe four days after that, once again, I'm washing the dishes. Uh, my kids in the living room watching television and I'm wearing a tank top and I'm getting this feeling again that there's someone behind me and I feel on the shoulder part of my tank top, I feel something, someone lift the shoulder and tug on my shirt. Freaks me out, man. I turned around and yelled to my kids, somebody just touched me. I, I mean, it was obvious, just bizarre. And, you know, I was putting the pieces to get together of what I thought it was, you know, with my friend passing away and all that. After that, everything stopped. It didn't happen anymore. And then, you know, once again, you know, that was so extreme. I was having these feelings of, geez, you know, there is something much more going on out there, much larger. Like, th this is just so obvious. And all the things that I had been taught growing up just seemed wrong. Like, it, we just, you know, with my family and whatnot, they just sort of, like, missed, missed the road on the bigger picture. So with those three things happening, you know, no, nothing else, you know, ever happened with, you know, deaths or anything like that. But it kind of put me in a state of mind where I started looking into people that had experienced near-death experiences. And I started watching videos on it and stuff going on the Internet, and just, just, you know, out of curiosity and wanting to learn more. And that coincidentally, I guess it's coincidentally, I started bumping into videos about ufos and aliens and different things like that and it was something that i've never really put any thought or time into you know there was stuff about what people called the grays and i i had never even heard that word before i never even had had they even thought of anything of that that there was actually a title put to what these characters were and uh i was just really intrigued I, I started watching lots of videos and trying to gain information on it and learn different things I could about it. So while I'm on that path, one day I'm sitting at home alone and uh, I thought to myself, you know, I haven't, I haven't meditated in a long time. You know, I used to do it once in a great while and there was nobody home. I was home alone. So I sat down on the living room floor and I got myself relaxed and I started meditating a little bit. And I said to myself, you know, I'm, I'm looking into all these subjects and whatnot. It's something kind of new to me. 
if there is anybody out there, I really would, I really want to see a UFO. I really would like to experience something like that. And then, you know, I just finished meditating and, and went on with my day. I, I think about three or four days later, I'm taking my dog for a walk, like I always did. And I'm walking, and I, I, I look up in the sky, and I see frozen, it looked like frozen in time, like a painting. There's this object just sitting there, frozen. And I'm looking, and I'm thinking, what am I looking at here? So I had brought my binoculars. I would keep them with me. And I look up at this thing, and it's like, I don't know how I can explain this. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Star Trek. The old Star Trek, there's the large ship that, you know, that you always see the Star Trek show with the people flying in. And then they had these little craft that they would use to go to the planet. And it was this boxy-looking, real generic-looking ship that's what this thing looked like it looked like a white shoebox tilted in the sky and it just blew my mind i couldn't believe what i was looking at and i knew that's what it was i mean it was obvious i mean i'm looking at it with the binoculars so anyways my neck started getting kind of stiff and so i looked down just for a split second to stretch my neck out and i looked back up and poof it was gone nothing there so now this just leads one thing to another. After that, I was just, my mind was just blown away in between what I had experienced with my friends and the near death stuff and looking into the UFOs and having this experience. I just went off the rails, like just completely into it. I started watching, reading, you know, uh, David Jacobs' books. I, I looked into Bob Lazar. Bud Hopkins, all all of them. I, I did more reading than I've ever had done in my life. And, and why, I was day and night, you know, being a construction worker, I had my ear pods on. And I would listen to stuff while I was at work. I was probably driving my family crazy. Uh, I started looking into, you know, uh, Bigfoot, uh, crop circles, ancient aliens, pyramids. And it was things that other people had been in the head, you know, had, had known about. But because of my upbringing, I was just completely ignorant to these things. Like I almost felt stupid that I had missed all this. You know, the story of Barney and Betty and Travis Walton. I knew nothing of it. I even had mentioned it to my family and they were like, ah, it's all fake. So as I'm experiencing all these things and becoming more in tune with myself and the subject, other things that had happened in the past, started making more sense like uh dreams and things that i just i would always go back to them wondering how that was weird you know but never understanding why you know what it was but, you know i don't i guess I, I call them dreams but i don't even know if that's even what they were but I'll, I'll tell you a few of them that i had had and i carried with me all these years so one of them was a dream that i had had and i never understood what it, what it meant what i thought it was me, undressed, wet looking, standing in a corner of a room, and I'm out of my body trying to hold my body up like I'm on the ground with my hands on my thighs. That's how I saw it. But then once I started understanding all these things, I thought, oh my God, no, that's not what this, this dream was. This is 
my body lying on a table with no clothes on in this white, white room. And I'm floating above the body with my hands on the thighs trying to get back into my body, if that makes sense to you. And I thought, my God, yes, that is exactly what this is. I, I can see the, the room is kind of a well-lit, white, white, and a little bit of a mistiness to it, like a, a dampness to it. I can't see anybody around me, but I feel that there's a presence. And, you know, I mean, obviously people can't float above their bodies. So I, I'm assuming, you know, with what I've gathered from all this, that I'm in like a spirit form in some way or something. So, you know, that, you know, that started making sense to me. A dream that I had when I was just a kid, I remember me and my, my dad falling asleep on the couch late at night one night and us waking up and having to go to bed and me getting up and saying to my dad as we're walking into the kitchen to get like a glass of water or something. I'm like, Dad, um, while we were sleeping, I left, I left my body. And he's like, what? I said, when we were sleeping, I, I left my body. And he's just like, that's nice. Let's go to bed. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, then it just was forgotten about. I always carried it along with me, but he didn't remember. And then another one, another one that was a little bit more significant that I really didn't understand until just recently. I had had a dream slash vision, whatever you want to call it, where I'm looking. This is hard to hard for probably some for anybody to envision this i'm looking downward and i see what is really brownish red looking dirt and i'm moving closer to it and i'm not completely understanding what this is and i can see what i thought were people lying on a beach around me they look like they were lying in this dirt and then something like encloses like a line going across the dirt and I thought it was a wave of water. So what I figured out what this all was is me lying face down on a table, looking downward. The craft has some type of invisibility ability, like where you can see through it. And I'm seeing it coming down, landing in this cave. And what I thought were people lying on a beach or other people lying, sitting, laying on tables unconscious and what i thought was a wave is the craft you know a line going across you know it, it reappearing and turning into a solid object if that makes sense and once it turns into a solid object the whole room turns white like white white with these like beams going in a circle around me and i can see myself getting up and turning around getting off of the table and then, bam, something changes. And when I look back at the table, I see myself on the table. But I'm not on the table, but I'm looking back at myself. And I'm now I'm like nine feet tall, like I'm looking down on myself. And I can see myself drift away from the table. I see the other people. I can see somebody. I don't know what, you know, I can't tell their features. But I can see someone almost sitting at like a desk or something looking up at me. And then I just sort of fall out of the the craft, and now I'm in the cave. And I can see around me I, this large opening of this 
real red dirt to cave and I can see tunnels and it looks like they have like these metal platform things on the ground that you can walk on. So like, you know, so you don't get dirt on you. And I can see like a railing and the, there's three tunnel openings it, and it gets dark, you know, going into these tunnels. I'm standing there or floating there or whatever you want to call it. And I see two figures coming towards me and it's a girl with uh, some young man. And the girl is completely nude. Her skin is chalky, chalky white. She's maybe five and a half feet or so tall, not very tall, attractive looking young girl. And she walks right, basically like right through me. And I turn and look behind me and I can see her from the back and the, and the person walking with her and I see everything around me and then boosh, it's over. I wake up and I'm in my room looking around completely. I mean, just off the wall. But now that I understand things more, it makes, makes sense. So then another one that I had had is I'm standing there. My surroundings seem very um, like a war almost type setting where things are leveled to the ground and it looks, um, gosh, I don't, I don't know, just what you see like in movies, like in, you know, type war type movies. And I look up at the sky and the sky looks like it's on fire. It's red. The whole sky is a cloud and they're blood red like a flame. And I'm looking up and I see this giant craft moving across the sky in front of me, going from left to right. And it looks like if you took an aircraft carrier that you see in the ocean and flipped it upside down and made it about six times larger, longer and wider. And it's just moving across the sky. Boom. Dreams over. Then another one I had where I'm sitting and I'm looking at a very large screen, you know, almost like almost a TV screen, like I'm sitting there watching something and I see behind the screen, it's dark out, like nighttime. I see this giant wave, ocean wave that's coming, coming and it's coming and it crashes over the screen and comes and crashes over me and whoever's there. Boom, the dream's over. Then my final one that relates to all this stuff is I'm the dream starts and I'm at my home. I'm outside. Once again, it's nighttime and I'm standing there and I'm looking to the sky and I see this individual. He looks like me, but he's green. He has golden, like, uh, God, how do I explain this? Almost like an angel. He's got these giant golden wings. He's floating. He's green. His arms are attached out like in, in the wings. And in each of the golden wings, he has these green emeralds. And he's looking at me and he almost has like a disappointed look on his face. And he is, I mean, at least he looks like he's me. And then I go to my knees and I start crying. And I'm looking at this individual and I'm calling out to my ex-wife saying, you know, you got to come. You got to come see this. And I'm getting more and more emotional. And then click. It's over. The dream's over. So, you know, those things just sort of had a had an effect on me. Originally, when I had the dreams, I thought they were nothing. But it just all felt like it was all like leading, leading towards something, you know. And makes more sense now that I see it from a different perspective. So during this time and moving on forward, 
I had other UFO experiences other than that one. And I'll, I'll tell, you know, those, I'll just kind of put them all together in one story. Multiple times when I first started having the experiences in the morning, I would go check on my ex-wife's pet because she'd be at work. And I would always bring my binoculars with me ever since I had that one experience. I would always just keep them around. I keep them in the car or just keep them available. And I'm in her backyard and I look in the sky and I see this early in the morning. I see this. It looks like an egg, but it's made out of metal floating in the sky. So I grab my binoculars. I'm looking up at it. And this thing is, it's still, but it's way, way up there still. You know, I mean, it's not moving. And then it just starts real slowly going like at a 45 degree angle going up it starts tumbling like it's slowly rotating and i'm thinking my god I, other people have got to see this but you know who knows if they did so i sit there and my neck's hurting i try to like lay on the ground almost to try to sit there and watch it and it just keeps going it keeps tumbling and then it kind of goes up up into the clouds a little bit and then i see a flash of red Wow, wow, a big flash, and then poof, gone. I started every so often seeing what I called orbs, and it's hard to explain because I use the word orbs, but there was like two types. There was what people call orbs that I would say were like uh, like spiritual white little miniature clouds the size of like a, a pool table ball floating through the sky. And their shapes would change sometimes. It was almost they were, they had intelligence behind them, like they could communicate. I'd be watching them through my binoculars and they could make themselves look like a square. They could kind of move up and down. I had one, one time that it had stretched itself into like two eggs, but attached in the middle and was uh, spinning in the sky. And it just sat there spinning. And I, I kept looking at it in the binoculars, and I put my head down because my neck would hurt, and then looked back, got back up. Jesus, things just, it's not leaving. It's just staying there. And then what also, what I would call orbs, but they weren't orbs. I just don't know what else to call them. These things that were, they were round, and they produced light, but they were not spiritual-looking things. They were like metal. They were like a metal ball. And uh, they would come in different colors sometimes. And um, I could see them, you know, shooting across the sky. Or if I was looking at something, I could see them blast across the sky. Well, one time when I was at work, this was just shortly after I started seeing these things. I was working outside and I saw one of these, you know, orb looking, I don't know, maybe they're ghosts or something looking things. And it was massive. And I'm looking up at it and I think, is that, is that a plastic bag that is drifting in the wind? I mean, it's God, it's huge. I mean, is it a freaking trash bag? Like a big one? And this thing is stretching like a like a thick cloud moving and it's just staying there, like way up in the sky, you know, but it's staying with me. And um God, I just thought, God, this is this has gotta mean something, you know, this is just really too this is not normal, you know. So, you know, I just sort of made a note of it. It it eventually just drifted away. And another night, this this was the big one. Once again, I go to my ex-wife's uh, house. It was at night. I think she once again was out of town. And I go in the backyard. I was checking on the animals. It was pure blackout, dark, you know, nighttime. And I look in the sky, and I see way, way up, like, you know, like you're looking into the stars. I see this, looks like a flame. 
It's getting closer. It's coming at like a downward 45 degree angle. And it's like this fireball. And I think to myself, oh, it's, um, it's a meteor or, you know, something like that. You know, I don't know what to think it is. So it's coming down, but then it looks like it's the 45 degree angle. It's turning. It's almost like it's trying to level out. And I think, oh man, this is something. I got to get my binoculars. So I run to the car and grab the binoculars. I come back and I throw the binoculars up to look and whatever it was was no longer a fireball. You know, this is amazing. It, it turns into this, how do I explain it? An arrowhead shaped craft that's the size of two or three football fields. So if you can imagine a, a triangle shape, but an arrowhead has a, the back end to it that sticks out. So that, that's what this object looked like. And on each corner, there's a circular white, uh, like light that's attached on each of the corners and they're lighting up and then dimming and then lighting up and then dimming. And this thing's just gliding across the sky. How, almost how a jet plane would be just smooth as silk moving across the sky. I'm watching it. And then on the back end of it, behind it, you can see like, uh, it looks like fireworks on the back of it. The red fireworks that are like crisscrossing in the sky, some type of uh, energy or something. I can't even describe what it is. And I'm just watching it and just, you know, I'm thinking to myself, God, my God, other people must be seeing this. It's going to try to like go away at some point or something, but it just casually just goes along its way till I can't see it anymore. I mean, just blew my mind. Just amazing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. 
Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. So you can imagine, as as I progress here with these stories, it's just becoming, you know, more and more relevant, all these things. And as I, as these things are happening in my life, I'm I'm still you know, watching videos, reading books, you know, trying to, to trying to learn things, you know, information, gathering other experiences that people have had. I ended up finding on me, which is you know what some other people have described as a spoof mark, which is something on you that uh, on your skin that looks like if you were to take a um, an ice cream scooper, it would have to be like a tiny little miniature one, and a little scoop of your flesh is taken out and it leaves a little tiny indentation and then, the, you know, it's smooth over the top. I've seen it on other people. And I remember when I, my mom had told me when I was born that the doctor had said, Oh, that's kind of odd that he, uh, whatever this is that he has on him. Well, you know, we never thought about it then, but after I'd heard from other abductees, I put two and two together and uh, sure enough, you know, that's, that's what it seemed like it was. I, you've had some other, people on the show that had also talked about this i have um two very strange scars on my lower part of my back they are thin they're probably each of them are two inches long just paper thin and perfectly straight i don't know where they came from but i've always had them there and i have just horrible back pain and i have heard that from other people that i kind of just kind of put two and two together on it so you know, as all these things are collecting in my life, I came to a spot where I thought, you know, I've heard many stories from other abductees. You know, am I an abductee? You know, I, you know, I have these things that have happened, but nothing is really clear telling me that I'm a part of something. I just, you know, maybe I'm just some guy that's had some experiences. So I make the decision to do hypnosis because I'm thinking, you know, this could maybe open my eyes to some things that maybe are hidden underneath the surface and I just haven't gotten to them yet. I do some research and I find a pretty well-known, I'm not going to say their name, but a very well-known hypnotherapist that does, you know, the stuff for abductees. And uh, it was kind of strange because before I even made the, the connection with this person, I started feeling very ill. And it was almost felt like something was trying to distract me from doing this. And I'll, I'll get to, to why I'm telling you this. So I ended up just talking to the person on the phone and not, you know, having a session. And uh, we talk about my experiences and the things I'm telling you about. And they talk about other things and tell me their stories that they've heard. And we have a pretty long conversation about everything. And I don't really take it any further than that. But like I said, I was feeling extremely ill prior to connecting this with this person to the point where I almost felt like I needed to go to the hospital the day before I actually made the phone call to this person. And it felt like something was trying to like stop me. So I felt like if there is something out there, they're just being mean to me and trying to keep me from having my experience that I felt like I deserved. But what ended up happening, this is really bizarre. I started having, after I had talked to this person, it probably was just within a week or so, I, you know, going to work, taking the dog for a walk. I started noticing helicopters. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. 
this is silly. You know, I've heard these stories about the helicopters and whatnot, and I, I don't even believe this stuff. So I didn't say anything about it to anybody, you know, even though I noticed these things happening. So one day, I'm at my ex-wife's house, and it's the weekend or something. She's on her back porch, and um, she's having a glass of wine or something, you know, just out in the backyard area. And I'm in her house, and I'm washing like a cup or something, and I can see her through the window in the kitchen. It looks out to the backyard. She's sitting out there, and I'm looking at her, and she says out loud, she goes, hey, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but I think there's a helicopter watching me. And I about do a backflip. I go up and I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, I'm sitting here having wine and it looks like going in a very large, like one mile round circle. This helicopter keeps coming back to this position where it's in front of me, you know, far, far away. And it's just sitting there and then it'll do it again. And I think, oh my goodness. So then I tell her my story. I mean, I would be on a walk with my dog, and they would just show up if I was trying to make contact in the backyard with, you know, with crafts or something, looking with my binoculars, they would come flying, you know, almost over the house and, and not even try to hide themselves, just be obvious, just stop and, and look at me. I had one where I was in the back watering the lawn, and I could hear very faintly just this real slight, just this. I thought, what is that noise? What is that? And I look up and I see just this dot straight above me in the sky. And I think, I can't even see what this is. So I once again, I grab the binoculars and it's this helicopter. I didn't even know it was it's, it's, it's this helicopter. I didn't even know helicopters could fly this high. This thing is so far up there and it looks like this pretty high tech type helicopter. And they're just sitting there stationed. So I, you know, I put two and two together, and I think, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about the, you know, the hypnotherapist person, but either somebody was like tapping her phone, you know, or or something, and they thought that they could kind of like catch up with me when I was having an experience or something. Wh whoever they are, you know, a, a three-letter agency or something, you know, this continued for a little while, and then one day it just stopped. And I actually tried to back away from, you know, going going out and using the binoculars and looking for UFOs and stuff. I kind of like tried to play dumb for a while and just, you know, step away from it because it was kind of freaking me out. And that, you know, the helicopters, that did eventually stop. Or at least I think it stopped unless they got more stealth. But the, those experiences ended. So that was really weird because I would hear stories from other people and think that they were just crazy or they were making it up. But no. It's real. So after that faded out, I got more comfortable with, you know, going and, you know, sitting out back and looking for stuff in the sky. One day I'm sitting back in the backyard and I'm not having much luck looking for anything in the sky. And I fall asleep just uh, sitting there in my lounge chair. And I nod, I nod off for a little bit and I start hearing this noise like a, like a, a commercial airplane. Oh, okay. You know, we have planes that fly over the house. I look up, and up in the sky is this all-white commercial plane, big plane. It has no markings on it. The windows look like they're kind of like, 
fogged out. You know, there's no numbers. There's no brand. There's no stripe. It's just white. And on each wing, there's smoke coming off the wings. And this thing flies directly over me and just, you know, keeps going and goes off. And it leaves this trail of the smoke that stays. It stays in the, in the sky for a long time. I think to myself, you know, this is kind of weird. This, this is not, you know, I'm looking at the sky all the time and I see commercial planes. This is not normal. So then that night goes by, next day, next, next evening in the evening, I'm going to my house. I, I just come back from somewhere. I'm taking the keys to unlock the door. It's nighttime. And I hear that sound again. I think, oh, God, this sounds like another commercial plane. So I look, and it's dark out. It's night. I see this white commercial plane again. Does the same thing. Comes straight over me. It's really high in the sky this time. And it's got smoke coming off of each wing. Goes directly over me and continues on. Same plane, like no markings on it. No, I mean, it's just too obvious that it, it is the same thing. And I think to myself, gosh, you know, you know, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I feel like it's a message. And I think the message is something to do with what we would call chemtrails. And I, you know, I can only make assumptions. I, you know, I don't know why that there, this is being, you know, brought to my attention, but there's something there with that. You know, I, I have my, my views on it, but I, I won't get all into that right now. But definitely felt like somebody was trying to tell me something. So the orbs that I would see once in a while, like I said, some of those, not the ghostly looking orbs, but just the regular metal looking orbs, they would come and sometimes they would come in different colors. There was like a few different colors that, that the, whatever was lighting them up, they would be kind of glowing in that color, you know, whether it be like red or blue or, you know, like a yellowish you know color and how i thought of this i don't know but i thought i wonder if i can communicate a question and say you know if, if this question is right you know whatever i'm asking send me one of those orbs in in that color and then and then you know if i'm wrong you, know, you just don't do anything and I, I kept trying to do it for a while and eventually it worked and I got to where I was, every so often, I would think of just a real, you know, simple question and then get my binoculars and look up into the sky and and look to see if they would, you know, answer my question. And so I'll tell you a few of the things that, you know, this took months to do this. Because sometimes if I'd ask a question, it would take days for them to come. Uh, these are some of the questions I asked and, and got a reply. So I had asked questions about, you know, because at this point I was wondering if I was an abductee and, you know, you, you can call people abductees or experiencers or contactees, whatever, what all this is. And the replies I got were, an abductee is not from Earth. Abductees are from neighboring planets. And you hear sometimes people talking about this, you know, people, abductees will say that the, the beings would tell them that they're, they're from the Pleiades or they're from Orion, or Sirius, and I don't know why they don't take them more serious when they're told this, but that's what I was told. And that abductees were invited or volunteered to come here and to help with what they call the change. And as well to help with providing, uh, you know, women would help to provide with, uh, with eggs and men for uh, sexual fluids for 
you know, creating children. And as well, abductees were here to like um, learn about the human culture and just the whole, you know, just the way of, of life here. And so I had asked, you know, various questions on that subject. You know, some people probably already know about these things. And then I even got into, I had asked a few questions about uh, Bigfoot and, or Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it. This is what I got out of it. This is very interesting. Bigfoot is not from this planet. Bigfoot is brought here by the aliens and it is used as like a helper or something. It can scout, you know, because they're so, so healthy and so agile, they can, you know, comb through the forests and, you know, they can use it as a way to have, oh, the check on the environment, you know, it actually, you know, it actually check on the health of the environment and, you know, checking out rivers, streams, the animals, all, all various things. And is even used to scare the heck out of abductees slash experiencers. And I thought, you know, I even asked why, you know, why would you want to scare the abductees? And I guess it's to help them to accept who they are and to start opening their eyes to who they are. You know, because it's such an extreme, strange experience that kind of starts sending you down this this path that I, I got sent down with, um, with my friend's death. And so they can use it for that purpose. So hopefully that makes sense. And then, uh, other things that I had learned were, uh, when you talk about the grays, their black eyes that people always talk about. Those, those aren't their eyes. Those are lenses. They're like sunglasses. It's a, a, a thing that suction cups over their actual eyes that, protect their eyes they have trouble being in extreme light lit areas and as well these lenses can do you know probably things that we don't understand as well as like you know night vision and other types of things and i know this response that they gave me to be true because when i looked into the travis walton case he had said that when he had gotten off the table and it had this experience with the grays they just had regular eyes they had big eyes and the pupil was kind of like uh you know, cat eye shades, but they didn't have black eyes. And other people have said the same thing. But like Travis has said, the, that the lighting was kind of dim and, um, you know, wasn't, you know, real well lit. So uh, when people talk about these black eyes, that this is, it is not what people think this, that it is. That is not their eyeball. Other things that they had told me, I, I know I hear people talking about the tall blondes or the Nordics. They are hybrids. They're not some creature from another planet with a whole race of them that are coming. I think there was a guy that wrote a book on it. No, they're hybrids. They, as they're doing the hybridization process with people, the stages that we go through is almost like evolution. As they're adding alien DNA to human DNA, if you, you know, say if you started at point one and, and, and point 10 is uh, a mantis being or one of the grays, you start out as like a caveman to a person, you know, like a hybrid type. And then as it progresses forward, people say that um, the beings kind of look like a um, a tall blonde or a Nordic. And then more alien DNA, they kind of look like what people would call a cat people. I know people have said, oh, they look like cat people. And it's just because the nose is starting to fade out and the mouth is becoming more like a slit and 
the eyes are kind of getting larger and maybe a little bit more. And so they have that impression of cat-like. And then as there's more DNA added to the next paper would be someone that's like a, a tall gray. And then probably, you know, this is just my speculation, something more like a, um, a mantis type creature, almost something similar to like what, uh, Barney and Betty experienced. I know she made like a clay cast of one of them. So that's, that's what I got out of them out of that. Those are like the stages of the changes. Oh, men in black. Yeah. This is a subject that I hear people talking about all the time too. I, they didn't tell me this, but this is my personal opinion from what I've gathered out of everything. The men in black, from what I've, you know, from stories and things I've put together, they are some type of a worker bee for some higher up being that's sort of regulating, overseeing what is going on here as far as, you know, what I'm calling the change. It's almost like they show up when something happens and they make sure that things don't get too far out of hand. And, you know, people say they show up in suit and tie and it's always in black and it's always something like a, a vintage almost type style. They'll be in a black car and it's like a, a Cadillac from the 1950s or something. You know, and people say that sometimes the, the men are kind of tall, thin, and just look kind of odd. You know, I mean, our three-letter agencies, they aren't going to do something silly like that. But this is just something that totally fits with how they do things. I've heard other people talk about seeing the beings on the craft and when they see them in clothing, sometimes it would almost look they're wearing something from the cowboy type age is something that's just completely outdated, misdated. And so to me, that just kind of fits with that. But like I said, that's just my opinion. And there is no evil aliens or an alien war or aliens coming here that are in search of gold or the aliens are dying and they need our DNA to save their race, aliens wanting to take over the earth. None of that. These, those are just stories. You know, from, from what I've gathered from them and then my research combined with what I've gathered from them, none of that stuff. No, it, does, it just doesn't make sense. And let's see, like one of my final things uh, on this topic that I had figured out was cow mutilation. And from what I gathered from them and, you know, what I've put together for myself, it's something to do with our health. Because we eat meat and we drink milk and, you know, cows are a big part of society as far as in food. They are taking these cows and they're testing them and they can find out through the cows stages of what the planet is going through as far as the, the health of the planet. You know, and, and you know, there, there's always that saying, you are what you eat. You know, I know, I know this to be true, but beyond that, my opinion is because people say, well, they have, they look like they've been mutilated. I think that some of these like laser line cuts on the cows and this precisionry, it's to leave that question in people for them to look at it, make a conversation about it and say, this doesn't make sense to create a form of disclosure, but leave that question mark there. And, you know, that's what I gather from it. So I, I know that uh, one of the things that they had tried to really explain is that, you know, people take their life so seriously. This is just the end of the road. And I, I really have experienced that with my parents. This is what I've gathered from them. And I really want people to pay attention to this. Living your life is like going to school. This is school time. And then when you die, that is home. What I've gathered from what they've explained to me. 
the soul goes home after it's gone to school, basically. In death, the soul goes home. And your time here is education time. And it's not your, you know, your final destination. And it isn't all that you have. And you're going to go to school many, many times as your soul grows and strengthens and becomes more capable. You're learning. These are experiences. And you let go of, say, you've had a million experiences. You have all these memories. You let go of that, all of that for that time being that you're here so you can focus on your now time experience. And then you take that back with you and add that to all the other experiences that you've had. But death is not the ending. Death is, is nothing near to that. It's the much larger picture. It is who you are. Your soul is who you are. Your body is merely a container. If you were driving a car, the car is the container and you're driving the car. That's basically what it is. I know that I really want to, you know, emphasize that because growing up with how I experienced things, I, I did not see anything that way. And it can be very depressing to see things as so final. That's not how things are. I know this to be true with everything I've experienced. And so to, to get to my, you know, I'm getting closer to the, the bigger picture here and, you know, what all this adds up to in the end is the point of this all, of them coming here, of, of the abductees and the hybrids and the whole big picture. What I've gathered from them and what they've explained and I've learned from other abductees and my experiences is that human beings are like uh, the people have the saying of the kids have found the matches. Humans have discovered nuclear energy, can blow up this planet, have had, you know, we've dropped the bomb. We've tested nuclear weapons. I, I, this is hard to believe, but this is this is a fact. Almost 2,000 times we've lit off a nuclear weapon for testing, whether it be in the ocean, underground, above ground, you know, wherever. And from what I gather from these beings, that caused serious damage, irreversible damage. They were given literally no choice but to come here. And from what I've gathered from them, the abductees that are from neighboring planets, you know, Sirius, Pleiades, they've created some type of link between them and Earth, whether it be portals or wormholes or whatever it is. And if we destroy Earth, it can be like a domino effect, like a chain reaction and do serious damage to them. And so coming here and trying to help humans advance and change their ways and become more peaceful is for selfish reasons as well, because they don't want to see, you know, their own place you know, destroyed, you know, and on top of the fact that, you know, with us creating, you know, pollution and toxic waste and, you know, all, all the things that we have done. And I, I think that people, you know, even people that kind of understand this stuff, they don't understand that just like what I was talking about, about life being a school and death being where you go, your soul's destination. My personal opinion, they didn't, they didn't tell me this, but, you know, here we live on earth in a three-dimensional world. And the soul world leans up against that three-dimensional world. The two are basically, you know, two card, deck of cards leaning on each other. And if you damage one, the other one falls over. We have these two worlds that are leaning on each other that we bounce back and forth from. If we destroy this planet, we destroy both those worlds and leave ourselves completely homeless. And as well as we could do the same to the others. And so that it leaves them no choice but to step in and 
come up with an idea of what they call the change. And I'll try to explain that as best as I can. So what they call the change is there's some type of rule, apparently. There's some type of beings that are above them that create the rules for them. And it's a little bit of a mystery to the aliens to what even they are, like how we feel like the aliens are a mystery to us. But they know enough to know that there's rules. And they're not to mess with the humans. They're not to step on the path that the humans are going on. So the beings have devised this way to send out a message into the galaxy to bring aliens in to come here as humans and to work on repairing this, you know, to get people, humans on the right track. And part of that is hybrid, which is on craft are hybrids that are human looking. It's the new, you know, future human body. And they're learning on, on craft about, you know, alien life and somewhat of human culture. And then the abductees are here on earth you know, like myself or other abductees, living human life and living human culture. And I think there's more and more abductees being born coming here each day to where my personal opinion is there might even be more abductees than there is humans. And so as the change comes, which is also incorporated with disclosure, but what people call disclosure, from what I understand, is just abductees waking up to the change remembering what they were here for why they're here and what the mission is and eventually as hybrids come to being here on earth abductees and hybrids will come together and have children and those children will be hybrids but will be Human souls will be born into the hybrids, and those abductees and you know alien abductees will raise those ch those children and teach them just like a parent does, but will teach them the new ways, the new peaceful ways, and then learn how to use these new abilities that they have, which would be not like one of the grays or the magic wings, but like a basic form of telepathy. And with this telepathy is going to bring on other much larger things oh oh and as well everything's going to change the planet is going to move into a much higher vibration where the animals as well are going to be hybrids different plants are going to be introduced the humans will be taught that all things are energy that people plants animals we are all a part of this energy and all linked together and we like that bond that you have creates incredible energy this strength and unites us with the universe and makes us a part of the universe instead of so isolated and i really truly believe that when i'm gathering from them that they're going to teach people this and hopefully you know the goal is that with that knowledge and with that information it'll make people more peaceful they'll see the bigger picture and be taught ways to do things with more uh logic as far as, you know, transportation and pollution and different things. You know, the final goal would be to, from what I gathered from them, is for humans to join with the Milky Way galaxies. What would you call it? Like, you know, the galactic, you know, federation, almost kind of like, you know, thing where everybody is, knows of each other and is united. Now, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but over time, the planets will come together. And, you know, the goal would be for, the, for all the planets to be united as one. 
to be a part of this much larger picture. And beyond that, I don't know what's going on with it. So that's how that all stands, as far as my opinion and what information I've gathered. Telepath is a weekly digital newsletter filled with the latest paranormal news, trending topics, and fresh articles from some of the most popular critical thinkers in the community today. Stay informed on your favorite paranormal podcasts and live streaming talk shows. Interact with the telepath and upload your paranormal story or pics. It could be featured in an upcoming edition. Sign up right now for the free telepath newsletter at paranormal.radio. That's paranormal.radio. Now, to close with all this, I haven't talked a whole lot about myself and where I fit into all this. And what I have learned, and they've told me this, this is coming from their mouth. There's different types of abductees. I know of two, but there, there may be more. The abductees that are from neighboring planets. And I thought when I was going through all, learning all this, I thought, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm probably from the Pleiades or something. And, oh, how neat is all that, you know? And so when I got to asking them questions and them sending me things to try to respond, they were like, no, you're not, you're not from here. You're not from the Milky Way galaxy. And I thought, what? And so what I gathered from them is that me and others that I have met are from a completely different galaxy and have come as a guest to participate in this. And that since I'm not and others like me aren't from here, obviously I won't be part of the bigger picture of uniting with the galaxy, you know, Milky Way, Milky Way galaxy, because I'm not from this galaxy. So I wouldn't be a part of the longer standing process. And I know this because I have seen, you know, abductees that tell stories about how the beings have said, oh, you're from the Pleiades and, you know, this and that. And they seem to almost baby them, you know, help them get through steps in life and whatnot and stuff. And I've always said to myself, my God, nobody's ever helped me. My life's been a nightmare and nothing but work well it's because i'm not it's not to their advantage to help me i'm just a guest and by helping the other abductees it helps the bigger picture of what their plan is to make sure they're successful in life and make sure they don't you know accidentally freaking hurt themselves or different things but with me it's like eh, you know he's just a guest and i've asked them you know are you guys not helping me because i'm an outsider and they have said mm, yes and, and no so there's there's something more to it but I've always had that feeling, you know, just an outsider looking in, basically. And I've met others that, that are like me. And for me to even have gathered as much information as I have is odd for the type that I am because it's difficult to gather that information. And as far as what I had said about the bigger picture with, with abductees, I think there's millions of abductees out there that don't even know they're abductees and will never know that they're abductees. You know, the goal would be for you to never know for the most part until it's time and just go through your life smoothly and not, you know, be stressed over this and, you know, confused. And, you know, some, you know, abductees always feel like, ah, the boogeyman's out to get me and they're trying to hurt me, you know, which is completely untrue. And and the majority of abductions are actually a positive thing because that part of the purpose is to, it's like a checkup. It's like a doctor's checkup. They bring you up and they check your health and make sure everything's going okay and then drop you back off. And so what people call this horrible experience is actually for a good purpose. So all that and, and who I am and the experiences I've had 
now it's, it's starting to die off. And I'm, I haven't had the experiences like I've had in, in the past, and I'm not having it so much anymore. But I feel very confident in what I'm saying and other people that are have experiences and they seem kind of confused and not know what, you know, how to perceive all of this. And I can't say that, that, you know, everything I'm saying is written in stone, but it's pretty close. And I hope that with what I'm saying can help some people that feel confused and a little bit unsure of like what they're going through and what it all means. It's all something extremely positive and may not always feel positive, but it is the the purpose of it is extremely good meaning, and in the end, it's going to be something extremely beautiful. So, so Nick, that's that's my story for the most part. Great job, Christian. Oh man, I I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, Nick, I don't, I can't say I know this, but you know, part of the reason why I did this is I I feel like you're a special individual, and I feel that you know that connection, that that feeling with you. I, mean, I can't say I know that for a fact, but there's definitely something there. And I hope that you're taking the time out when you have time to investigate that. Always good to hear someone saying that you're special. I like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to, to give you. That's the whole barrel of it all. It always reminds you of mankind, how destructive we are and all, all the problems that we, we have in the world. It always reminds me of the very beginning of 2001, Space Odyssey. Oh my God. The primate first discovers fire. And then he starts to attack all the other animals that he'd lived in peace with, you know, in the golden age at the very, very beginning. You know, you get this power and all of a sudden, that's it. Destruction. That movie, how did he know so much that how did he just tap into this whole subject? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of hidden meanings and a lot of esoteric um, symbolism within that film, even right from the very beginning. You know, it's all the way through. Yeah. Now, I, I look at that movie from in a completely different perspective now. It just really taps into the whole thing. And, you know, just like what I had said, you know, I'm simplifying it, of course. You know, the, the humans have found the matches. You know, the, the kids have found the matches. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I, I, I really hope for more for us in the future that we'll start waking up to the baloney and start, you know, having this sort of a, accountability for things and start, you know, taking responsibility and try to grab hold of the world and, you know, make things right. Yeah, I think the problem we're facing these days is if people are too suggestible, that's not a shot at people's intelligence or anything like that, because there's a lot of very intelligent people which are getting bombarded with information constantly. I mean, you, you know yourself with, with the internet and, and ads, and you're constantly yeah. being told something, sold something. Yeah, absolutely. It's not always the truth. People can change things and to build their own narrative and i think that's the biggest problem because we're, we're bombarded with so much information these days people don't know what to believe and no I, I think a lot of time people end up believing the wrong thing yeah and it seems like a lot of it in the end is all about money and that's what it boils down to money and power money and power you know i see the bigger picture nowadays and it's, we've allowed people to get so insanely filthy rich that it, it seems like they've just gotten bored and the money's just not even good enough anymore. They want power. 
they want to they feel this entitlement that they want to play god yeah absolutely i mean you, you have people in power now which it's just because they just have vast amounts of money and they can just change public opinion and they, you know they can they can be ex experts of things and have their dirty little fingers involved in things which they you know they shouldn't be anywhere near nowhere near and I think until people realize that there are people out there which are changing the world, not for the better, but for their own interests, belief, or whatever. Yeah, I, I always say to myself, you know, there's, you can be the bad guy, and you can do horrible things, and you can be what you would call the good guy and say, you know, that person's bad, they're doing all these horrible things, I'm the good guy, I, I don't do those things. But the reality is, is that in order for things to change, for things to get better, you can't just be the good guy. You have to have accountability. You have to, you have to do something about the bad guy. You have, you can't just sit there. You have to do something to create a, create something positive. And that's what people should be doing. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it dates back to the, you know, the Kings and Queens days of, you know, the peasants that are just living in the poor houses wanting to just meekly be left alone, you know, things never actually change until they get so fed up and then they start uniting together and, and, and nothing happens until that finally happens. And what the, the kings and the queens of old used to do is they would divide the people and that is what we've sinned for, for like forever. Nothing. We're constantly divided. That's why you can't group because we hate each other. You know, that's the thing. Until people realize that, you know, if you want to make change, you have to all come together and do things the right way. I, I mean, it's been there in our face forever. None of what we're seeing in front of us now is anything new. Like you said before, it's the same, you know, dialogue or whatever you want to call it, regurgitated again. It's like, I think our kids need to go into the history books and learn from the past to not repeat in the future. And I think this is what they rely on. They rely on the fact that when new generations come out, um, they're just thrown the same crap and then accept yeah. it. And you're absolutely right about learning from the, the past. People don't seem to. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I really, I have high hopes. And, you know, in everything that I've talked about, it may be, maybe maybe there's we've reached a point where there is no hope and there's going to have to be something, you know, drastic that happens. You know, I, I can't say I, I know the future, but it just seems to be pointing in that direction. I think sometimes things have to get really, really bad um, before they can oh, yeah. get yeah. better. You know, I think part of the reason why people are attracted to you and this show is in between you and the people that are attracted to the show are this, you know, more positive thing. And it it definitely radiates out and, and makes people feel better and makes people feel like they're not alone. and. You know, there's others out there like them. And you, like you had said to me, there's, you're getting more people contacting you. You know, hopefully it just keeps progressing in that way. So the people that contact me, the people that have, as guests, there are no particular type. You know, they're, they're not only males and not only females. It's every type of person you can imagine from so many different religions and, and locations and levels of education, different backgrounds. Yeah. It is such a cross section. It's all about um, about learning, I think, you know, and, and if people yeah. can all come to the table and, and, and share what they've experienced and then 
people do connect and people do connect with the show and they do connect with the guests and, and, and stuff and they want to know more and they want to learn more. Like yourself, you were kind of shielded from this, this subject when you were younger. So Oh, man, absolutely. You came to it later. You've definitely caught up now, though. Yes. Oh, I had to really get in there and get going on it. it, it I, I just felt like the, a veil had been lifted over the top of my head. And I, I often see that of a lot of my guests. You know, they, they, they grew up in a, yeah. a particular background. You know, sometimes an example would be, say, that they were brought up as Catholics. This kind of uh -huh. stuff was just wasn't spoken about as a child no. they were you know completely separated from any of the, yeah. the, the, the actual possibilities in life yeah that's exactly how you know it was for me and i see it with others you know and what you had said about the all walks of life you know writers and hip, hypnotherapists people like you know jacobs and you know bud hopkins they say had said exactly what you said all walks of life i mean people from one spectrum to the complete other end of the spectrum from police officers to doctors to homeless people to somebody living on a reservation. To, I mean, just every type of life. Even though we don't always publicize, you know, what the person does. A lot of people do talk to me off air. And yeah, it's the whole spectrum of people. Yeah, I think it just, it, it wraps around every type. It doesn't discriminate. No. Wonderful, Christian. Yeah. When you began... You know, you, you're talking about your friend that had passed and and then later on yeah. your best friend that had passed. You know, it, yeah. you can certainly categorize that as being unfinished business, you know, you know, the very Oh my goodness. You know, when you, when your friend passed away, you didn't you didn't you, know, you didn't go to the funeral, which is, you know, that's normal. And it could just yeah. be that your your friend wanted to simply say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what his intentions were, but I sure felt his personality because he was kind of a boisterous person it just for me left a feeling of that you know it would have been okay to go to the funeral it's it's a you know that at that point in time i just thought it doesn't matter because there is nothing happening out there anyway but as time went by and i learned more it does matter it's not you know not necessarily like you have to go to someone's funeral but it does matter they mattered you know what i mean yeah of course yeah and so it just um it just it taught me a lot and then that put you on a particular path oh my gosh the the three you know situations completely i mean who would have guessed you know here i i feel so silly like how i didn't even know what the word the grays was <laughs> i had no idea and you know you didn't you didn't have any interest in this kind of thing you know maybe it's just like anybody else i loved watching star trek and star wars and things like that but no matter how much i liked those things there was always something pulling me back because of what my parents had taught me that it was just fiction, you know? So I never really took it to that next level of what I could see within it. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Like I said a lot, you know, a lot of people in their, you know, their past is it was exactly the same you know they were very late and and sometimes my guests you know have had zero interest in the subject and a lot of them just want yeah. to come on and just just share it and be done with it they have no interest yeah. in investigating it further yeah I, I see that i see some people that they have their story and and they have stories that are more way more intense than mine and they just want it to go away yeah so i, I had a guest on a while ago and he said to me he goes listen I, i've got a good job i've got a, a good family life I don't want to jeopardize any of that. I just want to share this and be completely done with it and just carry on with my life. I'm I'm happy yeah. in that life. You know, I don't want anything to change, but I have to get this off my chest. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. You're, you're on this journey and it's not like 
you know, you have to focus on any of this. It's always going to be out there. It's not like it's going to go away because you didn't focus on it. It's good to have your family life and your friends and your job. And you came here to have this learning experience. So, hey, great, you know, focus and, and, and do that. I think for him, it was it was a twofold thing. I think it was he wanted to get off his chest and tell and tell someone. And he also wanted to tell someone that, you know, he knew it was then going to be played to people and shared with people. And then in turn, they can take what they, what they need from it. Yeah, yeah, I understand that because that was part of my purpose is that I was I'm hopeful. A lot of times when I hear your show and other people, they they seem to have a little bit of this underlying stress in them because they'll say this and this happened and I just don't understand. And so I'm hopeful that by telling my perspective on it, that it'll help people to close that gap or to motivate them to do a little bit more other research and, and fill in those gaps for them and make a more complete picture. And hopefully in the end, it'll be a positive picture, you know? Yeah, because that's what we want, really. You know, you know, a lot of people they yeah. they go for these experiences, and the, the first thing they they think of, you know, I'm losing my mind, I'm going crazy. That this yes. this stuff can't be real. Yeah, and I, and I see people that or hear people that, you know, they say, you know, I was sleeping, I felt paralysis, I was taken up on a craft, and and they were so mean to me, and they were so they were degrading to me and treated me poorly, and. And, and and that sucks to have to for someone to have to feel that way. But if they understand the bigger picture and what's going on, you know, maybe they were they're in a hurry. They got to get you back. You know, they don't want you to to know what's going on. You know, the freaking Air Force has got a plane coming this way, and they got to get this done. You know, there is no negative intentions. You know, there's there's always going to be something else that's going on that that creates that and. Hopefully people can understand it a little better and be a little more accepting of why it went down the, the way it did, you know? That's great. Okay, my friend. Well, Wonderful. I appreciate everything. Christian, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that for our listeners. Yes. Thanks very much. And stay in contact with me. Absolutely. Keep in contact, all right? And I will talk to you soon. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. That's all for this week. Keep updated and connected with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you have an encounter that you'd like to share on the podcast, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com or you can reach out to me via the contact page on my website, ufochroniclespodcast.com. A big thank you to Christian for sharing tonight and thank you all for listening. I will be back next week. Till then, stay safe and keep watching the skies. Goodbye. (laughs) 